As you may know, I've started a new element of this podcast where from time to time we take one pop culture topic and break it down in a chat cast format. Today, I sit down with frequent guest and one of my favorite humans, Cindy Robinson, and our friend Rob Roseman, the host of the popular WTF Divorce podcast and Instagram account. Our topic today, teen screens and parenting through it all. And while this show will always be free to listen to on whatever platform you're on, it certainly isn't free to create. And if you'd like to listen to all the episodes ad-free, get exclusive content, build a community, and support my work as a creator, you can become a member of Culture Changers for as little as a few dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash culture changers. Here is our chat. All right, for our next installment of Culture Clash, the chat cast format episode, where we take one pop culture topic and break it down. And today we are talking about screens and kids and social media. And I'm looking at two people who look like they're ready to burst right now. I've got frequent guest co-host Cindy Robinson. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Love having you. And our guest guest co-host, Rob Roseman, host of the WTF Divorce podcast and brand. Thank you for having me. Welcome I'm here to back. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn from Cindy and you and how uh, we can figure out this world of screens as I stare at my screen and yell at my <laughs> kids to put their screens down. I'm I'm not doing it right. Yeah, I I relate to that. And I'm looking at two people that specialize in parenting in some way shape or form cindy tell me tell us oh how do i yeah <laughs> i mean i argue does anyone specialize in parenting right now but i do spend a lot of time thinking about it <laughs> um and yeah i guess I'm, I'm mostly focused around teens and the teen and young adults failure to launch or you know stressed out teens so that's uh that's who I mostly work with, but you kind of have to end up learning about parenting if you're going to be learning about that. You have a big, um, you have a big focus specifically on your social media on not just teens and parents, but mental health in general. And uh, I love, um, and I'll I'll just throw this out for you is that this whole started when you had gotten the information on how high the suicide rates were in teenagers and were so activated that you're like, I have to do something. And it's, it's gotten into something that um, is really powerful and really, really helping. So thank you for being here again. Thank you for saying that. And then Rob, <laughs> Rob, who is a newly divorced, is it newly divorced? Uh, two years. My two divorce anniversary was a few months ago, so my honeymoon is over. But yes, I am only an expert in the fact that I have three kids under 10, so I am certainly no expert, but I'm watching firsthand how, like, as they grow up and they're around screens and they're buying skins and these things that I literally had zero... What is skins? Yeah, so skins are like, oh, you used to play video games like Super Mario Brothers. You'd buy the game, and it would cost you 50 bucks, and that would be it. Well, now, when you buy a game, if you want a cool outfit, they'll push a button, and $9 will get charged on your oh, credit card right, 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 because right. you want to look cool. <laughs> and while I used to roll my eyes at this kind of stuff, I'm just learning. This is just the reality of the world today in the same way that like 
you might want to wear like cool Nike shoes. They want to have this online. So as a quick, just like check, as I saw my credit card one time, get run up a bill that like even the number today makes me shudder. I got a lot to learn. And like, I feel like we're only getting started with this. You know, what's so funny is I remember growing up in my house when you would call non-local and then my parents would get these ridiculous phone bills for me calling somebody like two towns yeah. over. But because it was out of that, I wonder if this is like the new iteration of it. But I will say that I don't know if I would call you an expert, but you are very deep in this field that you have a podcast dedicated to divorce and the, the family unit, but also dad the best I can, where it's really important to you to, I don't know if it is getting it right or just learning more or being more of a relatable source or uh, force um, in the community to kind of shed light on it. Yeah. I don't think uh, I started it because when I had very young kids, I, none of my friends talked about being a dad. There was a ton of mom content out there yeah. that I couldn't really relate to and I was wondering and then my friends were like oh yeah I go through the same thing so talking to dads I was talking to like entrepreneurs like Jesse Itzler and CEOs of companies that are dads too and hearing them going through the same challenges that I was really like made it feel a lot more relatable and made me feel like I'm not on this island that uh, I think being a parent and a dad can be like. Do you feel like it is somewhat rare to have a, a man as outspoken or a dad as outspoken on these topics when it is, you know, as you said, kind of saturated by female voices? I think it's, I think this generation of dads in particular is, is more involved than ever. So we've had this kind yeah. of leap where like, well, now we're home with the kids a lot more. Now we're doing all these things, but we don't really have this uh, foundation and community around it. So I think you're seeing a lot more guys talking about it, but I think it's important because um, you know, especially when guys hit their forties, like it gets a little slippery. And if you don't have people to talk to or uh, understand that, like what you're going through as a dad or the, your kids problems that, you know, Cindy's talking about are not as unusual as you think. Um, you know, yeah, it's very important to connect with other people. So I hope the conversation continues for guys. I have such a big fan of this because I feel like in general, men are not raised to express a full range of emotions except anger and happiness, you know, um, and to have more of this. So thank you for your part in that. But today we're talking about screens and kids and social media and uh, apparently dick pics that our kids are getting. <laughs> oh, the kids, yep. all right. <laughs> right. Adults, do what it's you not want. not a tutorial. Right. Right. <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> I think what's so funny is that I've got a, a girlfriend who is newly divorced and uh, I hope she's listening because she's going to be mortified, <laughs> but she will send me, um, she's dating and she'll send me the dick pics that she gets. I, I invite them by the way. <laughs> yes. I think dick pics What's your, were not. Uh, contact info? Right. <laughs> I think, um, you know, dick pics when I was dating my husband weren't really a thing, you know, back then. So I kind of missed that boat, but I think it's hilarious from my point, mm -hmm. but I couldn't imagine my kid getting it. And I know Cindy's giving, <laughs> Cindy's giving the side eye so hard right now <laughs> because Cindy does a lot of homework and research around porn and kids and, uh, holy shit. What do you normally hear when a parent, when you, when you say, you know, your kid's probably going to see porn, what do you always hear immediately? 
uh, this is not going to be very uplifting, but um, no, I, the not my kids syndrome is yeah. a big, big, big problem in, in my world and trying to educate parents. I get a lot of um, people who just t- kind of turn me off or never even listen to what I'm saying because they think, oh, not my kid. Um, and they imagine what they think someone who would look at porn or who would ask for nudes looks like, and it looks like a very different child than their own. But no, I mean, it's not a matter of if, but when, when it comes to porn access. So your kids will access porn, whether it be on the devices that you've given them or their friends' devices. It's just way too accessible. Um, porn sites make more money, first of all, than Google Amazon and Apple combined. That's mm. insane. And the sites are visited more frequently than it's like Amazon, Pinterest. Isn't it like Instagram, Facebook? Instagram, yeah, TikTok all combined. All combined. Mm. So if LinkedIn. You, yeah, if you think you're going to raise a kid that's never going to hear of Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest, then um, maybe you have it like you're, you're turning Amish, your butter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're Amish. <laughs> Good for you. I'm very happy for you, but... Um, you know, no, the, your kid's going to access it. And the average age that they're going to access it is now nine. Mm. The mm. average. I want to be real clear about that average age. Mm. So uh, you I'm, I'm thinking about the chains I'm going to put on my son. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, are you going to put them on his friends and all their devices? Right? Yes. But yeah. So no, this, the stats are very clear. So I try to say it as frequently and loudly as possible. Like your kid's going to see porn. It's not a matter of how do we even... You have to have a conversation on how to make that as late in their life or as infrequently as possible, but you really have to have a a plan for how you're actually going to prepare them for that, that that they inevitably will see. And how could you even, right, I always say our generation of parenting is harder in a lot of ways than many before because their parents before were not getting this. It was maybe like a Playboy magazine, you know, under the you know, dumpster or something that like, <laughs> you know, or when your kids go to camp. Where but, did you grow up, Rob? <laughs> yeah, in a trailer park, right? right. <laughs> um, but Same. yeah, I mean, like going to camp, you would see things like from a friend, but right, they have phones full time, they're going to see it. And you know, the little that I've learned and we're just entering that phase, we're not there yet, but like that you do need to be very open about it, kind of counterintuitive. You need to have these uncomfortable talks because that is going to be the most effective thing than shaming them or saying, you know, don't look at this or, you know, having the right words and you know, scripts even. So I'm not ready to have those conversations, but I know that when the time comes, like I need to practice them before I do. How Cindy looks like she's ready to pounce. <laughs> Cindy's how ready. Old are your kids? Yeah. Well, you know, when we are pretty uh, 10, 8, 5. Yeah, yeah. They're probably, and they just went to sleepaway camp, so who knows what mm. they're seeing there. Um, but we have, you know, their mom and I are pretty open about things. Like we talk, they know where babies come from, you know, all these things <laughs> that a lot of people don't talk about. So we're, we started down that line, but, but yeah, this, the accessibility to stuff that is like our brains, like, can't even handle and to mortifying to think our kids would see that's a reality so like we it's on us to figure out how to at least guide them so they don't uh end up completely off the rails yeah do you have you look like you were ready to pounce (laughs) no 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 it just it does come yeah you're having like you said you're talking openly about bodies and sex and things like that you want to be talking openly about the normal like human anatomy and 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 how babies are made even um and great books. I always try to throw resources out there because I needed a script because I was raised where 
you do not talk about that. And in fact, a funny story is my mom had signed me up for this class that an OBGYN who was just a parent at the school I went to was hosting a class about learning about sex and stuff. And we sat down and about five minutes into it, he said something about pubic hair. And she was like, get up, we're getting out of here. (laughs) And I was like, we didn't even make it past pubic hair. Like I'm having all kinds of feelings. And now all I learned was the word. I just remember hearing pubic hair. And she was like, we're out of here. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I think she thought it was just going to be like a wait till marriage class or something. But anyway, going from, marriage that, class. going from that to like trying to raise a son who's very sex positive and very informed on his body, I needed a script. So I do say um, the Robbie M. Harris books, there, there's three of them for, from one is like from three to five. One of them's from like five to eight and the other is. What's like the name of the author? Robbie M. Harris. Hmm. And it's so amazing is the one that's coming to mind now. I think that's the middle tier one. But I mean, I bought those books when he was five and I read that one to him first over and over and over again. And it, it it's a script. So if you have a hard time saying some of these things, but you've laid that groundwork, you want to, you know, first educate them on that and then you can get into to porn. <laughs> by the time, by the time, I would say you by can the open time the door on they're porn. eight, seven, eight, you, they need to know what porn is and you, it needs to be like a boring word. Like if you say porn around the house, everybody's like, oh, here we go. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about porn again. Mm, I am behind on this. Most people are. Yeah. So I've got a nine and a seven year old and, you know, my kids just got a Nintendo Switch um, last Christmas and it somehow we were able to make it without screens. They don't have iPads. Um, and my son is like a master Minecraft kid right now. And so he continually talks about how he's doing good because he's building, there's no killing, there's no violence, you know, so he's trying to sell it to us, but then he's on my niece, uh, my niece, my daughter, who is really into Huggy Wuggy. Do you guys know oh, what Poppy Lord. Playtime is? Yes. So Poppy Playtime is this, I guess it's some rinky-dink video game that's played on a phone. And um, and it's this blue creature with a creepy face that kills people. <laughs> and she has an entire collection of Huggy Wuggy dolls, like plushies that she loves. And she saw it on a YouTube thing, mm-hmm. you know? And she will watch for hours on YouTube. So my son will complain you know like juliana's watching too much youtube right mom and i uh like you rob am like i got shit to do i don't like i i can't police this all the time you know and it's and we we tell them get off your screens get off your screens but i you know i talk to my husband i'm like they're designed to keep them addicted it is not their fault Mm -hmm. and it is it is it is on us, you know, and I don't know what that balance is of discipline and, you know, kind of teaching them about it. Yeah. So hard, so hard. Cause I'm on my phone too, telling them to get off their oh, screen. Yeah. So the hypocrisy alone is just like, I need to finish to, a Facebook post Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> before I'm, they interrupt. I'm watching, me. I'm retweeting a meme. Can you turn <laughs> off uh, Mr. Beast videos? Yeah. It's like, so that gets in our heads too. But the one thing I've, and I'm not even great at this is like, they're going to watch at least be aware of what they're watching, which sometimes I'll come in and I'll be like, what is that? No, turn it off. And if it's annoying and stupid, that is still okay for them to watch, but they they're so quickly can cross a line to stuff that I'm like not appropriate. And you know, you 
parents before didn't have to deal with this. You had five channels. Now you have YouTube, which will put in front of your kids. They're not even choosing it. Like these uh, very addictively compelling things that might be inappropriate. And now my kids walk around, can recite like memes and stuff, which I think is good for their like comedy brain. Like they're hilarious. <laughs> but I guess what as I've learned... As long as they're cool at school. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely cool, right? The stuff that they say. But yeah, it's on me to at least like know what they're watching. And then as I'm sure Cindy can talk about, like let them know if you see something inappropriate, that's okay. But just tell me or, you know, I, again, I'm not I don't sure. Even know. I'm <laughs> not sure what it is, but I think it's like what they're watching more than they're going to watch. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm going to just keep saying it. It's going to happen. So how do we prepare for this inevitable reality? Um, that they, and not even just porn, you know, but they'll access really troubling mental health, uh, mental illness content that, that it, can it, you it, explain that more? So what does that look like and how would that get in front of our kids? Yes. I would love to explain because I hear the same path every single time and huh. I'm like, ah, oh, this is how this happens. There should, there should be like exposure <laughs> therapy where like parents get like 20 minutes of clips. This is what your kids are watching yeah. and then you'll leave like, oh my God, I need to. Move, I do need become to pay Amish, attention to this. Right. Yeah. And I think on some level, parents have this looming like feeling about that. And it's so scary that, that you just don't, you kind of deny it or you kind of avoid finding out. Trust me. But I think the main things first is like, what are you looking for? And then I, I want to explain how your, how your kids are finding it. So maybe you're encouraged to figure, you know, to take the steps to m- mitigate that as much as you can. The main thing is porn, obviously. That's a biggie. Everybody's thinking about porn when they think about what they don't want their kid to see. And yeah, it shapes their idea of sexuality. And this ain't no Playboy magazines. This is like people peeing on each other. Like <laughs> all kind of kinky stuff. So, Got to clear my search history. <laughs> you left your computer open there. <laughs> but no, it's it, this ain't your, you know, like Hugh Hefner porn. Um, I would be thrilled to hand these kids Isn't a Playboy. Isn't it crazy that that was, that was tame? Oh, yeah, that, that's tame. Um, now it, we have babysitter porn. And, it's all over. Uh, yeah, and, and hentai, which is a type of uh, Japanese what? porn. And it's like, so your kid, you think my kid's into anime, and they're like actually watching porn. But there's there's that. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, porn. Uh, the other big trap for kids on, on screens is the um, the mental illness aspect, where a lot of content is really dark. Um, there's a lot of content explaining cutting and how to cut and how it helps ease your anxiety, mm. as if it's a tutorial on dealing with with in a healthy way. Yikes. There's um, it, like Tourette's has risen like two hundred percent in the last couple of years because there was a TikTok trend about um, you know oh I. I how to give yourself Tourette's and now these girls are having, seriously yeah yeah oh yeah it's a ask like ask literally any psychiatrist and they're seeing Tourette's I'm seeing at my door it's rampant and it wasn't even like a thing Holy um, God. also what isn't a thing that now is a thing is teen males and young adult males with erectile dysfunction that is now Wait, that's a thing that people want no, they, no. <laughs> no, nobody wants that. That's not a category, Hey, we all have our uh, fetishes, right? <laughs> Basically, their porn addiction has resulted in them not being able oh. to like engage in a healthy right, right, sexual right, right. experience. And so now that's more often what the doctors are seeing than like older men that you would typically see with erectile dysfunction. Now they're seeing more or the same amount of teens and, and young males. So like the mental illness, the... Um, porn and then uh sort of just the addictive nature the way that it really is capitalizing on their brain being in the middle of a a development and 
create you know being a part of that wiring process so you're helping like the screen is like let's show you how to wire this brain so that it is dependent on this device or these skins if you look at games like fortnite and apex and stuff like that like you said you buy the game but now it's all these different things you buy in addition to it and the way that it they release the items the way it's all done is very like dopamine 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 Mm -hmm. constantly so those are sort of the that's like the three main things that why you care like why does it matter screens aren't hurting anybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) and most people think of porn some of them think of the addiction but people don't always talk about the mental illness part and that's actually Mm. huge Uh, Mm. eating disorders everything Mm. from because of instagram comparing filtered faces Mm. all these things are capitalizing on kids when they're vulnerable and exploiting those vulnerabilities to have a lifelong customer and, and but it's at the expense of you know if they're even going to make it that long because mm. it's bad mm. so so that's it did you i, I and we, you know i don't want to just be doom and gloom but i was about to say I'm what are you crawl under <laughs> the table You're all where, screwed. Are you, where are y'all at right now yes. with it you, oh. you can contact cindy at, uh, <laughs> um, but i just i would like to gauge yeah. where you're at just with that i think that's important and the other piece that uh uh, and we talk about like when we were kids, I remember AOL was a new thing. And even like you could get a, you would pay by the minute. So I, I remember getting in trouble because I ran <laughs> up like a $350 bill once because it was on for 700 you know minutes <laughs> right. in a row or something. But, but I think the other scary part, and I imagine more so with uh, girls, is like the predatory nature of it. That's our real like terrifying fear is mm. I got a 15-year-old daughter that's on that's communicating with people. It's not even just what they're consuming. So I think that's the scariest part is that people are... The grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just... And again, it's like we need to acknowledge this, accept it, and then figure out how to deal with it than just bury our heads in sand because that's what you know is probably the worst thing that we can do because then it's going to happen and we're just going to be in denial about it. So that's what we're here for is to learn like <laughs> how to have those conversations what or what are things we can do. And I know... There's like technology even that can, you can just patch onto your phone, like the Bark, sponsored by Bark, <laughs> but uh, that we can do like little tools that we can use to help because it, it's a lot for a parent to have to figure all this out. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of usually the natural next thing to say is like, fr- I needed to freak everybody out, right? And then you really have to say, but this was not your problem and this is not your kid's problem. Like this is a big tech issue. Um, and this, so it's not your fault that you didn't know this stuff. It's, it's not accessible information. You know, that it would be ideal if that was put right in front of you, those stats, every time you go to open Instagram, you know, and it said suicide rates and girls have gone up ever since, you know, this mm-hmm. much percent, but they don't really want us to have that information. So it's not on parents and, but it's definitely not on kids. So if you think of like the hierarchy of who this falls on, it's mm. big tech first. Then unfortunately it does have to kind of fall on you, the burden, and then the kids don't get the burden. So like if your kid accesses porn, I say we don't punish for porn. Okay, my kid's seen it. We didn't punish for it. It means it's time to have a conversation. Mm. It means they need more support from you. But don't, don't punish for any of this stuff because it's not designed for their brains. It's designed to make addicts for life. It's barely ju- designed for our brains. Yeah, it's, it's actually not. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's screwing all of us up. But but yeah, conversation is really like your main things are first you have to be rooted in the conversations at home. And the best thing you can do is just talk about everything. So anything that you might see online before you're letting your child on there, you want to have that be something you told them about because as human nature, 
wherever we first hear about something, we deem that person the expert. And and if you think about that, we you know you do that. Like whoever first told you about like sourdough baking, now they're the one you call every time of like, what's going on with my sourdough loaf? <laughs> <laughs> That's never come up in <laughs> yeah. conversations oh, for clearly me. Clearly, I'm the only one who's into sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, unfortunately, it's on you to talk about not just porn, but sexploitation and uh, dick pics and <laughs> nudes and these words. You have to be the one who defines those Which, words. Which, by the way, can I explain? Can I just throw you a plug that on Cindy's uh, social media account, she has these like words that are going around in, uh, I guess, teenage words or whatever, and then defines them. And so go to Cindy Robinson LLC's <laughs> Instagram account because even nudes, what is this spelled? N-O-O-D-S? Mm. Yeah. Like or now they just send the emoji with the plate of spaghetti. Oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> I got one of those. I didn't know. I, should, I thought they were hungry. Wow. They Who is to... texting you, Rob? <laughs> they wanted to go out for... <laughs> You thought they want to go out for pasta? Right. I thought he just liked eggplant. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they're, they're savvy, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I always want to ask, you always hear this, like, in theory, and then we, like, nod our heads. But, like, could you do almost, like, a script? Like, how would that conversation look? I can pretend to be the, you know, 11-year-old kid. It's like, Ooh, I'm into this. Because, <laughs> Get a bag Because of that's the thing. It's like teaching about it, for me, it, like kind of goes in one ear out the other but if it's like here's how you could say it like hey i've always heard come at it with like a curiosity as a, as a good way but again like if i don't know the words to say and write it down right now it's probably i'm gonna probably just procrastinate on it or something <laughs> like that yeah. you'll be standing over them like never mind never mind yeah. <laughs> i can't do this well i everybody needs to use their own authentic parent voice in their conversation so i, I do want to say if you hear one script and you're like that's nothing i could ever say to my child keep looking find someone that resonates with you for me, humor is everything. Like that's how I have and process uncomfortable feelings and things. So it's based in humor. Um, so no, a hundred percent. I was like asking about nudes and things like that. The conversation with my son is very much like I have another thing I learned about that I have to talk to you about. And he's like, Oh God, here we go. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, so trying to think of a term or whatever the last thing was, but let's just l use nudes because that's one everybody's going to have to say <clears throat> at some point. Um, and so I'm going to say, I, I basically was like, we have to talk about nudes. And he already knew what it was. And here, I mean, he was probably 10 when I'm saying that to him and he already knew what nudes were. So I was already too late. But, it, but he's like, I already know, I already know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we have to have a deeper conversation about that. And I, it's in a more joking manner, right? So if you're, what questions do you think an 11-year-old would have about about nudes? And I'll kind of tell you how I'm framing it. Okay, well, what's wrong with that? That's our bodies. Why, why can't we be naked? People want to show that. What's wrong with that? Yes, and I am all about sex positivity, but <laughs> you do have to keep in mind that that's permanent record. And like, mm. it's really, really, really common that even if you love that person right now, or even if you feel very private with that person now, if, if you piss them off, if they, if mm. you know, then I'll recall, remember that kid that was your best friend that year, and then it turned out y'all were worst enemies by the end of that year, they can take that and, and send it all over the world. And so privacy is privacy. And also let's gate, like read the room. 
do you want their parents to see that? You know, like, and it's illegal, by the way, mm. um, to send. It's child pornography. <laughs> so um, there's all, if that's your phone that you paid for and it's in your name and it has nude pictures of children on it, then there, there's a legal case against you. So just kind of piling on. Mm. But um, then where the humor and the stuff comes in is going forward. I'm just like, you're not like, there's no nudes, no nudes. You know, like if he's getting close with someone and they're getting romantic, I'm like, no nudes, <laughs> you know, and he's able to laugh because it's not, it's not something his mom has not said mm -hmm. 10,000 other times. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, so just breaching the conversation is you're in the 90th percentile just by even talking about it. You're, then they're, they're not afraid to, I guess, come to you and say, you know, have that conversation. Yeah. Cause a big thing is sex exploitation where somebody gets a nude and then they, use that nude against them to get other, and this is usually from strangers, but friends do it too. And they use that nude to say, you know, send me $500. Or if you don't send me a more explicit photo, I'm going to release this photo to all your friends. Um, and they'll like hack into your email or get your password or something like that. This sounds like an ABC after school special though. <laughs> like, and, and I'm coming at this from somebody who has kids that don't have phones yet. So the not me, not my kid syndrome is kind of coming up hard. So how do, how do we explain it in a way? Like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm just, I don't know when and how for younger ages. Yeah, so how would Allison whose <clears throat> kids don't have fun they're not they're probably not there yet. How would how would she open that conversation? Their friends might have phones, but I don't think so yet, but I'm sure it's happening soon. Well, and and your daughter's watching YouTube, and if yes. she's not watching YouTube kids and even that has loopholes, um, she'd probably come across more than you might know. Um, cuz when I was saying earlier how does all this work? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, these kids who access porn at 8 or 9 or whatever do it by accident. They're watching YouTube and YouTube suggests, and it's gotten so much worse with YouTube shorts because it's faster, shorter. So the algorithm kind of pigeonholes them even faster than it did with full videos. So they come across the video, especially if she likes like more grown up, you know, this huggy, huggy bear, huggy. fuzzy wuzzy, whatever his name <laughs> is. <Huggy. laughs> you know, then a, a, a joke, this is how this goes. Something will come up on, on a YouTube <clears> and <throat> they'll say something like a blowjob. And then the kid's like, I don't know what that word means. They go straight to Google, what is a blowjob? And next mm. thing you know, they're saturated oh with images God. of blowjobs. And they're like, woo, my brain's designed to be curious about everything I don't know. And I've never seen this, and this makes me feel things. And next thing you know, they're on like hardcore porn sites. Mm. That's how it almost always happens. Or they're perusing on Pinterest, and, and porn is terrible on Pinterest. Hmm. It's for real? Yeah, on yeah. Pinterest? One of the worst, yeah. But, For real? <laughs> yes. Well, they're going to put it where eyeballs are, right? They, they, I guess people know that if the kids are searching Huggy Wuggy, they're going to make titles <laughs> that, that look kind of like yeah. that. So. But, but you, ba you basically, when you're, when you're starting out, like you want to be, have, have it like they, you want your kids to have learned about their bodies from like the, they don't want yeah. you don't want them to have a memory of when they didn't know that they had a vagina or a penis and where babies come from and all that. But either way, you want to be talking about all that and then when you're letting them on these devices, you need to say, listen, there's people out there that look at all kind of crazy stuff that's really unhealthy for you to look at. And so here are examples. It's going to be people naked. It's going to be like, you have to go through that. Mm. And you have to say, do you, do you have questions? Um, and like, do you want to talk about Cause this? Cause I don't have answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's good at this actually to plug another resource is Chris McKenna at protect young eyes. He's great at, at 
framing i'm better at the teens right but he is great at how to break down those conversations and he's got great like kid came to you and saw nudes three steps or find nudes on mm. or find, find porn on the laptop here's what you do mm. it's great but use people as a script but honestly you don't want to if you can't talk about it like if you have a not my kid syndrome then you, you need to ensure that's not gonna be your kid which means they need to not have the ability to do it yeah but yeah, I'd be betting your kids sing things that you... I'm sure. I'm sure 100%. I just don't know how. You know, <laughs> like to talk about uh, sending nudes when they don't really have a phone kind of thing yet. They know people can be naked. Mm-hmm. And you can inform them, you know, that people for some reason want to share naked pictures of themselves online. And it's actually not really good for you to see that. And if you've been talking about sex and how babies are made, you know, you've been talking about that's like a romantic connection that people have together and that that's about like first you have a relationship and then you both consensually go into this stuff and then you um but you wouldn't just want to watch other people right like this that's gonna mess up your idea of what Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be and explaining to them this is not what sex looks like like that's what i had to say a million times in my house this is not what sex looks like because it's not for the vast majority of people and certainly not for budding new romance relationships, mm-hmm. teenagers, you know. But let me ask you, as like a, what I'm sure is a curious, probably horny 15-year-old kid, <laughs> why, like, it seems like you were just throwing almost like punishments at them, like somebody might exploit you or do this, but it also is a reality and kids will be having sex when they're 16, 17. How can that conversation look where it's also like kind of constructive, where we are talking about it instead of, fear-based like you don't want somebody to Mm -hmm. do this with you or do that and that's that's better than nothing for sure but like how do we also talk about i guess it's like protecting the bot like making sure the body is sacred and that it is sets them up for healthy relationships physically right because we do want to teach them that like this is you're not going to say you're never going to do this or these things so like that line gets kind of blurred and with a curious kid they're going to be confused as to like but I thought this is okay. And uh, so, yeah, how do you address like that without just being like, don't do this because this will happen. All right, we're done here. That's that's not going to work on my kids. <laughs> You're, I really appreciate that question because it means you want to have sex positive kids. Yes. Like you don't want kids to think sex is evil and bad, which is what a lot of us thought, I'm sure. And it only just makes it worse. Right. No, you, and that's perfect. So yeah, I'm giving you a whole lot of doom and gloom and you have, because you do have to talk about these things. Or if you don't want to talk about these things, don't give them devices, basically. But, <laughs> so, well, how do you want me to parent? So, come on. <laughs> but, but for a second, how can I get anything done? Right. <laughs> the, back to the sex positive, when you are having the more, those sex talks, not the nudes talks, because hopefully that is coming before they're having devices and, and you're talking about nudes mm. and stuff. Um, yeah, then, then you are you do talk about sex when you're teaching your kids about their bodies and how babies are made and stuff. And you want to just from the beginning reiterate like, because the, the book is what I wrote, love about Robbie M. Harris is she's like, some people have sex and don't want to have babies and that's okay. But it's a very healthy outlook on what sex should be, which is people consensually connecting together in a unique way than you do with any other type of relationship. So you do want to frame that as like, that's a really beautiful thing. And porn is going to get in the way of you being able to build what that is in your mind. Because how it should work is that we should build a relationship with a person and together with that person, 
decide what feels good and what doesn't, you know, and what feels consensual, like asking for consent, receiving consent. You want to just build that relationship with that person. And if you have a lot of messages in mind from really violent, like a lot porn is like 80, I think 85% violent, um, particularly against women. So if that is what you have built, and this is why we have this erectile dysfunction issue. So you really want to be like during your brain development phases, you need to establish what sex is and what your body enjoys on your own, which means masturbate Mm. all like crazy. Yeah. You're going to do it anyway. Like masturbate like crazy, but because it feels good for your body, right? Like, what feels good to you. That's what that time is about learning. And then you meet someone and you connect with them. And then together you work on like what feels nice for each other. And you're not bringing in this idea of what you've seen on screens because that these girls are being asked to do. FYI first base now is like blowjobs. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Because this is like where the boys are at by this point. And so nudes are like, a hello, how are you text? <laughs> like, that's not even asking for nudes. You just do that with any random hmm. girl. Oh, that's more this like this is turning hi. my stomach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, so you do see, like, you're, you're, does that make sense? Does that seem like a feasible thing you could express to like a pubescent? Yeah, thing? I just think, yeah, you need to be careful not to completely just demonize it all because they're going to. And mm-hmm. when you get older, these are things that you're going to explore, but. Just knowing, or maybe even that girls or boys don't actually like that, you know, even though it's on there. So I don't know. It's very, it's also just getting more comfortable with being really uncomfortable because those are hard talks for us to even have. So doing it with your kid is mortifying. I think there are knee jerk reactions that I imagine, you know, I remember my, my asking my dad, my dad's from Lebanon. So he's got like this thick accent and speaks five languages and I heard the word pervert and said, dad, what's a pervert? And he goes, it's a crazy person. And just ran out the window, ran out the door. And that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This how I remember it was pervert. And then I asked him what scrotum was. And he goes, they're balls. And then just <laughs> stormed he just out. leaves every time. No more follow-ups. <laughs> no more follow-ups at all. And then, you know, like my mother, I think when I started dating or started liking boys, my mom was trying to sit down and have the sex talk with me. And I'm like, mom, no, stop, 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 stop. So I wonder about that resistance from kids. Like, I already know. I already know. I'm not going to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's probably how we were all raised. You know, if we did have that mm-hmm. talk of just something that was very, I got to do this and here's what it is and don't do it. And then, you know, any questions? No, fine. You know, and then the resistance is, I don't want to talk. I'm, you're so embarrassing. I don't want to talk about that. So I wonder how do you get, get, um, through when, when there is resistance? Well, there always is. So you, you, if I talk to teens on the other end, right, they're, they're coming yeah. in and they're kind of telling what's really going on behind that behavior that they're showing their parents. They are listening. They are thirsty for your knowledge. They really want you to talk about these things. They, they act like they don't, but they do. And they act like they don't want you to hug them too, but they do. They want to know that it's okay. Um, that what they're feeling is normal, that it's not their fault. They want to know that this was hard and that they're not bad people, or they want to know, um, they've almost always heard of a lot of the things that you think they haven't heard of, and it feels better to get it out in the open at home. So I know you, yeah, you're going to be met with resistance, and they're going to be like, oh my God, shut up. But push past it 
to the point where it's boring to the point where when you bring it up they're like i know you know like that because you will get to that point if you keep talking about it and yeah it seems like you're going to be talking about sex a whole lot in your house and yeah i don't know what to tell you for a period of time those tween years like i'd say from and y'all are not gonna like this age range but i'd say from like eight to twelve <laughs> <laughs> It you you a lot of your conversations, a lot of the stuff that you talk about is saturated in that. Rob, we'll set up a text line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be a valuable Sorry. service. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cindy's just on it. What do I say? Just <laughs> just pretend like you're me. <laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah, you got. I'm That's sorry. like a business idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if uh, like a default script would be that's kind of funny too. something like, oh, guess what I learned about today or guess what I where you kind of depersonalize it, because I think it's like when you're you don't want to be accusatory or you feel like it is or they feel like they did something wrong Hmm. that instantly puts them on the defensive or guess what my friend uh, John's kid did, you know, talking about somebody else, even if it's made up might like lessen some of this thing yes and don't talk about that kid like something's wrong with him mm-hmm. like like can you believe it like it happens to everybody and and that's that's normal and if that happens to you you tell me because that hey that would have i would if i were a kid in your day and i said this to my son all the time if i were a kid in your day i would have been like so down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. something like i, I probably would have been swept off by a cult by now mm-hmm. so <laughs> like don't feel bad about it it's not this is not their fault so <laughs> and then there comes a time though you have to walk the walk because they inevitably do access it and you'll start questioning everything. Well, that's what I wonder. Like the knee-jerk reaction when your kid comes home and you find out, whether it's through them telling you or something. Like my friend saw this picture, like, give me your friend's mom's number. You know what I mean? Like there's a knee-jerk reaction to want to cut that off or, or uh, offer some kind of punishment. And and I I... I I know intentionally that's not what should happen. So like, I think some of it is like policing ourselves. Yeah. And to give you a little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, because I think telling you to not punish for porn or telling you not to do these things, you're like, okay. And then you're in the moment and you're like freaking hard. And and you're wondering why, why can't I just be mad or why can't I just, I'm scared or whatever. But, um, I I preserve my son's privacy, but I can share that he got in the pickle and I was able to follow through and do practice what I preach. So I had a very empathetic, Hey, this just means you're, you need support. You're, this was too much for you to handle on your own. That's on us. Sorry about that. Let's sit with you. Let's talk it out. Like it's, it's going to be okay. And we took a very empathetic approach, no yelling, no punishing. We sat with him about what, what can we do together? so that we can help protect you more and that sucked and in the moment i wanted to be like why would you do this you know Mm -hmm. like and and really behind that was my own insecurities of how did i fail this is what i do for Mm -hmm. a living how did i fail and so but i didn't and now cutting to years later Oh, that was a pivotal moment. That was when I proved to him that all those millions of times in the kitchen of me going, porn is this and la-di-da-da. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I said, you can come to us and we, this isn't your fault. I, I talked a big game, but I never had to prove it until that moment where I had to say, I meant this. I mean this. And I'm here. We are here for you. That had changed everything about our relationship. 
So I need people to understand that when you're in that moment where you feel like the worst parent in the world, if you can muster the ability to be that empath that that you know you're supposed to be, I never could have known. I knew that was what I was supposed to do, but I was just blindly doing it because I was like what experts said mm-hmm. to do. But then now seeing how the relationship in that moment, it was a turning point in our relationship with him. And now we're so open with each other because now he knows we have his back. It wasn't a bunch of bull in the kitchen about if you see this or if you do that, we'll be okay. Just come to us. La, la, la. We really backed it up. So Mm -hmm. if that helps people maybe to just be like, even if this happens to you and you feel like like your worst parent on the planet, Mm -hmm. no, actually that's your time to shine and be like, I mean what I was saying. Like I'm here for you and I got your back and you you can't make me stop loving you. You know, because that was his thing was like, I didn't want y'all to think of me as that kind of person. Hmm. Mm, I love the, the, you saying the words, I am here for you. We support you. Even when your child, you know, makes an error, whatever that might mean. I would, I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like if that was what I heard, you know? And meanwhile, I would sneak out all the time in my house and, you know, run off and whatever, but I couldn't imagine what our household would be like if yeah. those were the words we heard from our parents. Same. <laughs> Which is why I'm trying to create that. Because shame. Remove shame from your house. I say that a lot. You get to choose to do that. Even if there was a lot of shame in your household, you get it gets to end here. Like we are not burdened by what we had with us before. So please like just remove shame there is no shame here like i want to be the place that my child can go to like if you i want them to want to be caught by me sneaking into the house more than anybody else (laughs) you know what i mean like because i i just i want to be the safe place of all like i don't want to be the thing that they're scared of or or whatever and it's not to be their buddy it's it's character building stuff to say i don't have to earn your love like you meant it you genuinely unconditionally love me it's like motivation too for it's like this is gonna be really uncomfortable but the reward as a parent i'm getting is this trust like that's almost motivation to push through it Mm -hmm. even though the easier thing is to scold them or to walk away like that's why we don't have uncomfortable conversations in general because it's easier it's harder to say that it reminds me i heard a i forget who it was but she said when she was like a teenager her dad said i know you're probably gonna be drinking going to parties he's like I, no matter what happens, like you, I don't want you to drive and you call me and I will drive wherever it is to pick you up. And he was like saying it. Mm-hmm. And then she said one day I was, and he's like, I will never tell your mom. I won't scold you for it. I won't punish you, but that's just the rule I want you to have. And then she said one day she did, she was wasted at a party and, uh, called him and he was like, it was 2am. He was like hundred miles away or something. Oh, wow. He came to get her didn't really talk the whole drive never brought it up again and she's like that built like this like you said that trust he's like he never told my mom he never did anything i was like moving to hear somebody said that was a parent like walking the walk and saying i told you if anything Mm -hmm. gets in trouble i got you and and like that built that trust in her after that i don't know how i feel about that whole scenario (laughs) (laughs) but i wonder about um like appropriate ages to, to give devices, you know, I, I know that it varies, but you know, do you have opinions on that? I don't, I don't have opinions on things, but I have like what Data. research would indicate. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I did 
loosely walk the walk with this and I'm, and it still felt too soon but <laughs> generally you don't want them on any device that you're not actively participating with them on which would mean you're Great. you're facing the screen you don't have to be watching the video but they need to be sitting next to you mm. and, and I, I mean that because they will sit across that couch and look at all kind of freaky stuff <laughs> let me tell you with headphones on and but um <laughs> you don't really want to do that anything beyond that um i would really argue 14 is the gold standard you don't want them to have a personal device of their own until 14 hmm. and <laughs> if you're gonna have a personal device they really need to have screens facing you when they're using them I know everybody's not even going to listen to that because I've said it forever and it's research-based, but nobody does it. But it, the thing that, at least for the love of a God, is don't have them in private spaces. No th devices in bedrooms at night. No devices going into the bathroom. It's so hard. No. How does that look? How's that conversation look? You yeah. have your screen, but <laughs> kids going to bed at 10, put your phone in the thing. That's... Yeah, it needs to come with you because they are stealthy little ninjas. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so there are lock boxes that you can get that have USB ports in them. And those are great. Those are a gold standard ideal. Um, but but take them and put them somewhere that is right by you. Because even just like n near you on your in your bedroom... They are stealthy. Yeah. Stealthy. Like the, like the Ferris Bueller, like a uh, <laughs> fake, fake person in the bed. Yeah. And if you're putting the genie back in the bottle, which is always harder, and it sounds like y'all are more genie out of the bottle people. So you're, I am. Your genie is still good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you really want to be clear. Hey, I got information I didn't have. This isn't a you thing. I'm not punishing you. This isn't because you did something irresponsible, even if they did do something irresponsible they did something perfectly natural for their brains and bodies but you want to be clear that you're like hey i learned new information and i'm really sorry i put you at a lot of risk and i i didn't know all this and so now that i know it i want to make safer choices so here's like what i'm thinking and i know this will be hard for you let's talk about what we can do to make up for the fact that you know i'm now taking away something it feels like i'm taking away a privilege so um you know, you, you want to acknowledge, you want to just be like, all right, that's it. Give me the iPads and, and stuff. And what you want to be like, look, I messed up. I thought something and I found out something else. And that's what humans do. And when we know better, we do better. What do you say to parents? So I, I, I think we all nod our head and agree with this, like in theory for sure. But like when I, it's 4.30 a.m. and my daughter's up and I'll give her, it's only YouTube kids, even though I know that can get slippery too. What do you say to people that are like, oh, we're the genie's already out of the bed i give her the phone i'm just like please i need to sleep another hour and a half or you know as real life parents unfortunately these screens exist and they're they're nice little babysitters for us nice to say don't use your screen as a babysitter but am i a bad parent because i give my daughter because i want to go back to sleep like so i can function yeah. throughout the day so that's yeah. a disconnect I, I feel too is to like and then you talk about like guilt of, of parenting i'm giving it to her so i'm doing something quote unquote bad oh you should never give your kids screens till 14 how do i reconcile like that's happening it's probably not going to change because mm -hmm. i need to sleep past 5 30 <laughs> like i guess i'm just ranting here but like that's a common thing i imagine that parents are like oh that'd be nice but that ship has sailed yeah yeah and that and i thank you for asking it because that's kind of when people turn off right like well i'm not doing that so it was well it's too late um, and you're right. And remember about the whole hierarchy of who gets the real blame here is big tech. So like the fact that you're in this pickle is not really your fault. 
um, this is an impossible situation to navigate. Yeah, because we can't control big tech. Right. No, we do. We've tried legislature and it always gets shot down. But um, until then, yeah, no. So first of all, it is a removing the guilt. So no one, just because this is a, I'm telling you the ideal standard for what we know through research and children's brains and development doesn't mean you're a horrible parent if you give it to them. Because we know, you know, candy's bad too and we give them that. But um, I would just say, think of ways to make it a little bit safer. So like that, obviously taking everything away and now you churn butter until they're 14 doesn't feel realistic. <laughs> but making it the TV because the options are going to be a lot more limited on TV and it's a big screen with a loudspeaker so you can hear and pick up on what's being viewed. Make it, you know, turn on the TV instead of this. The personal device like really mm-hmm. sets it off and it having web access really like takes things to that next level. So, you know, I would, yeah, they could watch maybe a dirty show on Netflix, but you're probably going to hear it mm-hmm. in the loudspeaker. So just maybe make those little adjustments of let's try and like keep that solo personal device usage to a minimum. Another good clue is like, since you have brother or sister, you can be like, y'all can use it on, you know, or whatever, where I'm in the kitchen and you're in here, but you both have to watch it together. Cause mm-hmm. he, you know, she's not gonna be watching nasty stuff and like with her <laughs> brother. So, you know, try to think of little creative ways that the whole point is the solo personal device in a private space. You want to get rid of that as much as you possibly can. So just think of like, how can I, that's the goal mm-hmm. and not like, Oh, if you, if they do it at all, you're failing, but just how can I get, how can I limit that as much as possible for the people parents listening? I'm sure there's a lot of them that it's already kind of off the rails. Like, are they screwed or you can still curtail it some. And I think that's the thing. People are just like, Oh, it's, it's over. But you're saying you can still find little ways to acknowledge it. Yeah, start start having conversations right, now, maybe that, right. at least so that they hear you say things that they've already witnessed or that, you know, if you talk about, um, you know, that they may be watching things and that that doesn't mean anything bad about them, they might be more likely to tell you about it. And yeah, so just start where you're at. Mm-hmm. The genie in the bottle is 10 times harder, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's not worth giving up on because I'm looking on the other side of it a lot. And these kids really wish, even if it was four years into porn viewing, mm. they really wish somebody would just come say like, there's nothing wrong with you and, mm. and this is not your fault. Mm-hmm. So even if you're catching them at 15 and they've been, you know, on screen solo since six or seven and watching things since seven or eight that were inappropriate, it's, it's you could be saving a life like the number of kids who commit suicide because they don't they're so ashamed to tell the truth about something some situation they're in online or whatever is sky high so you literally just just please start talking regardless of what they've been exposed to just let them know that you know about that thing and that you're not you're not you wouldn't be ashamed of them you wouldn't think differently of them Mm. what a perfect way to close and if you want more information cindy Holy God! How can people find you? A bunch of people asking me about porn. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, just DM her eggplant and some noodles, (laughs) and she'll send you a PDF. No no nudes, please. Don't send me like, oh my kid sent this nude. What do you think? A PDF. (laughs) (laughs) I do get screenshots of kids sexting, and I would like to ask that people don't do that anymore because I don't. I don't need to know the details. But no, I I, want those. Send those to me. (laughs) Uh -uh. Curious. 
But I will say for, for to funnel people in all the right spaces to get software. I think we all three love Bark. Um, Bark technologies. So Bark technologies yeah. is that's their Instagram. That's their website. That's a great place to get online monitoring, so you're not having to watch over their shoulder 24/7. Uh, for how to break down those conversations is protectyoungeyes.org or at Protect Young Eyes. And then if you still have questions for me, then it's Cindy Robinson LLC on Instagram. And then the website's cindyrobinsonllc.com. You are awesome. And Rob, how can people find you? That's, that's so good. And I think it's important for, I'm in, I run WTF Divorce on Instagram, wtfdivorce.com. A lot of parents are now handling this themselves, dads especially. you got a 15-year-old daughter. Mom used to handle that. This is like on you now. So I think there's, and you got to have conversations with your co-parents. So... Yeah, I think that's really important. If you, Even if your goal is like, I'm not going to fix anything, they're going to keep doing this, but now we're talking about it, that's a good way to like give yourself a achievable goal. So, yeah, I appreciate this conversation. I learned a ton. You can find me at WTFDivorce.com. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is an important conversation. And Cindy, as always, <laughs> you just knock it out of the park. <laughs> Rob, we loved having you on too. Thank, thank you. you.